episode two of the of the botcast. That's what we're calling this now, the botcast. So, yeah. So this is our our first guest, Taylor Giovannini, and uh, welcome, Taylor. Uh, Hello. Thank you for having me. No, pleasure to have you. And so we've got myself and, and Shane on today. If anyone watched the first botcast, uh, you'll know that we both uh, we both work at Robot, and uh, we're uh, just trying some find some stuff to do <laughs> during, during the COVID-19. You, you kidless people with nothing to do. <laughs> but, but Taylor is uh, Taylor is an entrepreneur in Newfoundland and she's uh, interesting enough she's in the cannabis industry so we thought we'd have Taylor on to talk about uh, her journey and uh, yeah it's so good to have you Taylor. So uh, Taylor is yeah. a Taylor's a mom, which she alluded to there, which uh, I guess you're keeping busy. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a change of pace for me. I feel like back in mat leave days, but it's good. We're, we're adjusting and I'm learning all kinds of things from my four-year-old. I just need stuff every day, mostly patience, but we're good. Amazing. We're fine. Everyone's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and you're out in Buren, uh, Buren area? Yeah, yeah we're... Uh, so uh, I guess I'll give you a little background about Oceanic. Uh, it started this two years ago now, actually. Well, the uh, inception of it was in 2017. Uh, but essentially, we're becoming a licensed producer of medical and recreational cannabis for Health Canada, Newfoundland, all of the above. And we uh, were repurposing a exist an existing fish plant out here in lovely, beautiful Buren. Uh, so I uprooted my family from St. John's or Paradise and came back to my roots. I'm from St. Lawrence originally. And yeah, we're, we're living in Bjorn and, and we're living the Bay life and loving it. And how is the Bay life treating you during this whole pandemic? Bay life is awesome. I search for sea glass every single day on the beach. I explore. There's no one around. I keep my six foot distancing, no sweat. <laughs> No, it's it's truly, I think it's a blessing almost, you know, that we're out here during this because it's there's no real pressure to go anywhere or, or see anyone that we would know in town or or whatnot. So, yeah, we're, we're coping well. Out, outdoors is, is a good thing for us. Are there any cases out there? I, you know, I know here in, what, <clears throat> I don't know what region that is considered to be under. Uh, it's under, it's actually under Eastern, but they just came out last week and determined that there was one case and... Uh, in St. Lawrence, actually, where I'm from, uh, there was an uh, elderly in the hospital who contracted it. They're unsure of how he or she contracted it. Um, so they're just doing, they sent, like, I think, 20 uh, workers, whether it was nurses and or caregivers, home for um, um, isolation. So, yeah, they're still, you know, they don't know where it came from. Someone brought the virus to them, which is the scary part that they, obviously they didn't know that they were sick. Yeah, that's that's a bit weird. Um, yeah, like only one case, which is nice, I guess. But uh, yeah, it, it is. It's it's a it's a great thing, but it's also it's a mystery. So you know, either a visitor or a healthcare worker brought it to this individual, which they don't know who it was. So that individual's you know, still carrying the virus, and even if they're not symptomatic, yeah. they're probably passing on to other people. So it's, it's a little unnerving. Yeah. So is, every, is everything shut down where you are then? 
Um, ex except for the essentials, you yeah. know. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, other than grocery shopping and the essential stuff, there's, you know, there's nothing. I don't know. I, I don't know what else would be out here. Well, actually, there's a there's a movie theater out here that we go to, and that shut down. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abel's daycare, my son's daycare, has been shut down since the get go. So that's been a huge change and challenge and but it, it has its wonders as well so it's good yeah you get to go looking for sea glass every day now yeah uh. yeah i mean i guess i just choose to i don't know roll with it and enjoy the time i mean i when would i've had this time with my son and it's it's as much as it's difficult a lot of the times it's it's pretty awesome i mean you can see right here this is his foot that we made into a cow <laughs> <laughs> We do fun lots, things. Lots, lots of ways to keep busy with the sun. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, just want to kind of jump back a little bit, Taylor. So you said that you're from St. Lawrence originally, moved into yep. St. John's Paradise kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I guess just kind of walk through that journey a little bit in terms of why I moved into St. John's and then how you got into cannabis and why cannabis, that kind of story. Well, I'm sure this is the same story for most Newfoundlanders I mean after high school you go to St. John's or elsewhere for university so that was just a natural thing so 17 uh you know some people are 18 I was 17 on my own living you know with roommates and in university which was awesome it was it was great um what did you study business I, I jumped around a bunch. I wasn't great at university. I was, I was great at partying, but <laughs> I made a business out of it, funny enough. <laughs> I made money on all my parties. So, yeah, I guess I am a true entrepreneur. <laughs> I learned lots. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, St. John's is awesome, and we still have our home in there. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be back, and I'll have the oceanic. My company will have uh, a store, a retail store in there. So, um, yeah. Okay, so you've got a really, she's got a really interesting story about how she got into cannabis. So uh, why don't you give us the, the background on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I um, cannabis was never, not that it wasn't on my radar at all. I wasn't necessarily a consumer. I was probably similar to a lot of people you had smoked a joint in university, it was too much, it was a bad time, and that was it. Um, and But it was n never something that I was against, I, uh, it just wasn't for me. Um, and then, um, but I was surrounded by a lot of people who I loved who enjoyed recreational cannabis, and it was, it, it was, it was best kind. So, um, then I had the opportunity, my husband's um, grandfather, he we were building our house and he was just devastated that he couldn't help us when we were actually physically building our house i figured out why he was just riddled with arthritis uh to the point where he just he couldn't walk he couldn't go out the door without some sort of you know hardcore painkiller and i just thought that was ridiculous yeah. so i started to do my own research about medical cannabis um he you know, showed all the signs of the stigma, you know, you know that's the devil, what's the devil's lettuce, that's, you know, he was staunch <laughs> Catholic, gave me every excuse in the book, um, you know, he was an ex-smoker, so I can't smoke with it, so I taught myself how to bake with it. Long story short, I convinced him to take it for a week, bless you, buddy, <laughs> um, and it was 
one of the most amazing things I've experienced, and I'm sure he experienced in, in his life. It was one of those aha moments where within a week he could walk without pain and he didn't need like, you know, he wasn't stumbling around. He was actually walking. Um, so it was just one of those moments where I was like, holy crap, holy shit. Can I, can I curse on this? <laughs> um, where I was like, I want to help more people. There's something more to this. I, I need to be involved some way, shape or form, you know, and immediately I was like, I want to go into every, um, every long-term term care home and give gummy bears to everyone. Everyone's going to be happy and pain-free. Um, anyway, so it evolved from there. I realized, um, I realized that, you know, all cannabis had to come from a licensed producer of, um, from Health Canada. So I started there. Cool. And that's really where Oceanic was born. I realized, you know, the economic benefit of, you know, jobs, job creation, um all that and you know there's a lot of communities in newfoundland where they need revitalization so i started to search for abandoned buildings came across a bunch because we we do have a bunch here in newfoundland and and this one kind of stuck out the, the town of urine uh, was now in ownership of um it used to be owned by highliner foods it was a, a secondary processing fish plant and it was 63,000 square feet, it was huge, it was state of the art once it closed, which was only in 2012, so you know, it was fairly new. And ultimately, when I called the town, they were more than, more than willing, more than happy to work with me. So, you know, the support of the community was, and it just all meshed and everything just came together. Now, now, I know that you, uh, you know, obviously we're friends and we work together. So, you know, I know your story pretty well. And uh, if there's anything that we don't want to talk about too much, you just, uh, you know, pass <laughs> on the question, oh, I guess. No, that's fine. But, uh, no. you know, one thing I do know is that, so you, you know, you, you got in early, which was great. And you've got a good business, business mind and you're a hustler. Uh, but you played with the big boys a little bit uh, in the mm. beginning. And I know that without perhaps dropping any names, but... Uh, Oh, you, fine. you had uh, you played with the big boys and you you, you know you had some investment in and whatnot but then also i guess you got a uh, a little bit of a lesson of what it's like to deal with uh with big business in a new industry and so i don't, I don't know if you feel yeah. like talking about any of yeah. that at all but I, I think that's a really interesting story you know uh, yeah so it uh it, it's been a roller coaster like yeah. a full-on roller coaster and, and yeah i'd love to share the story i'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it um so uh right out of the gates everything was going great purchased the building um and i met a bunch of these big people big big names in cannabis i immediately secured a partnership that partnership came with expertise and funding for the actual um uh, to build out the facility um and as uh, you know, listeners probably aren't really privy to this, but in the beginning of this industry, it was just booming. Everything was getting acquired here and there. Uh, stocks were going crazy. So ultimately, m the company that I had partnership with uh, was acquired by the biggest company uh, at the time. And um, anyways, yeah, to say I got played is, is an understatement, but that's business. And um, 
And when I say I got played, not the fact of the acquisition, but the, the miscommunication or the misleading uh, communication of um, the, the, bigger, the bigger company uh, communicated that they would still honor the, the binding LOI, which wasn't the case at all. As soon as it was acquired, it was uh, completely snatched out of my hands. So it left me with no money, no partner, no experience. So I had to get back up on my horse and find money, find partnership, find experience. And that's exactly what I did. And it seemed it to me that they sort of dragged you along a little bit too oh. in, in saying they dragged you along. And it seemed to me that the tactic there, uh, looking at it from an outside perspective, and again, not knowing anything about it. So uh, you can't yeah. sue me whoever's listening to this. So like for what it seemed to me is that you were dragged along in, oh, yeah. in, in a sense to try and suppress your business here uh, as being, you know, cause you were on, you were on track to be probably the first uh, local uh, cannabis yeah. company out of the uh, out of the gates, and then this whole situation that happened sort of, you know, it certainly delayed your timeline and that, and that seemed like a strategic uh, play to me. Yeah, there was definitely some uh, strategic moves there, and uh, I don't know if I can really get into any, but I'm sure you know you can you can think of a few, but ultimately the strategic move was to benefit the bigger guy. Uh, and you know that was a lesson that I had to learn and honestly when I look back on it uh, and I, I continue to you know when I look back on it that I knew from the get-go there was something in my gut saying there's something wrong here and you know it's 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 a reminder to always listen to your gut no matter how good things kind of seem or whatnot and then also when it all fell apart as much as there was great sadness and great kind of disappointment, there was also this, um, believe it or not, this sense of relief because I, I truly didn't want where the path was going. So um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I live by and I, I trust that, you know, fail fast and pivot, find a better solution. And there, there's, there's no failures. There's only, there's only better options, you know, so that's just kind of what got me through, and I just continued to move on. There's a real tenacity with business that, as a business owner, that you have to have, and that's uh, that's ultimately why your success and why you will be an even bigger success is, is because of that tenacity. And uh, uh, I know I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put you in your place a few times, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't like hearing negative shit. I just say, no, tell me the solution. I don't I don't want to hear it. Just, yeah. just tell me, tell me what. Okay, if we got a problem, fine. Let's deal with it and yeah. let's move on. That's right. Um, and and and, but, and to take that, you know, in, in terms of like I said, when you when when you sort of been dealt a bad hand or you know, you get thrown a curveball, uh, you know, that that ability to be able to sort of brush it off and uh and keep moving forward, you know, is yeah. You know, and, it, well, and it's not something that everybody has. So, well, as we say, weaning and pushing about it's not going to do anything, is it? saying, is it? No, it's called a Newfoundland saying. You're just from town. <laughs> so, so, on that note, how did once you once all this kind of happened unfolded, and you you know, to use your words, I guess you you pivoted fast or you failed fast and pivoted. What did that look like? How did you pick yourself back up and what did that process look like in terms of getting you to where you are now? 
it looked like me putting myself in a lot of uncomfortable situations and you know it just getting myself out of my comfort zone i i flew myself to vegas and and just started meeting with the other big guys and talking and started the process all over again um when it all boiled down i ended up securing a local investor which make you know does my heart good to know that the the investment came from a local good company and then i also for the partnership on the cannabis side you know it it's a it's a company that i just feel so much better about because they they're also family ran they're publicly traded but they still own majority of their company and just their values and everything lines up a lot better with oceanic and what we're about bit of a blessing in disguise by the sounds of it yeah yeah so Absolutely. how is so how are you adapting right now with the COVID nineteen? Are you, are you still working on the facility? Is that uh, how how is that all coming along? How do your timelines look? Yeah, so I mean, timelines I think are shag for everyone. I mean yeah. that that's just that's just how it is. I mean it, it's also we look at this as a blessing in disguise too. You know, as I know a lot of people don't, but we do. We were at a point. Uh, of our construction where there was a lot of people working and um we're actually uh the general contractors for our own project so which is very rare and we're only two people and now with uh, my my son home it's very hard to kind of manage everyone so we took the opportunity to kind of scale back you know we laid most people off which we'll be hiring back soon um and to reevaluate where we're at um we were at finishing work. So 95% of the facility is done. Uh, that last 5% of course takes the most effort as you know, everyone knows that. So it, it, it's an opportunity for us to look at, okay, what needs to be done? What else needs to be ordered? How do we schedule this properly? Who do we hire back to, to better, you know, do this in a, the most efficient way, safe way for the COVID, uh, you know, cause you got, you have to keep the, um, facility under 10 people or at least you know social distancing wise so um yeah it's definitely affected us even our you know suppliers um you know our security uh aspect of the facility for our uh, key lock system just came in last week it's a month delayed but you know, it, it's it's all coming together in its in its time, and and we'll get there. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy how the whole world is. I mean, for our business as well. Uh, you know, we've uh, you know we've got many <laughs> we've got many international clients even, and you know, business is shut down for them. Local clients, you know, business is shut down for them. You know, yourself, like you say, I mean, there's things that are affecting your business, so it's. Uh, it's definitely, this can't be over soon enough, but as you said, you have to take a look at the positives and, and try and try and right. make, make the best out of your time, you know, and then, uh, that's all you can yeah, do. And, and the way I look at it and I, I it's just how I choose to look at things that we're going to be better off. We'll, we'll come out of this stronger. I think every, I think everyone will come out of the stronger in some way, shape or form as much as they may be damaged in other spots, but they will come out of the stronger. Um, you know, we'll be ahead of the game right now. You know, we're very fortunate that we're in the, um, you know, pre-production stage. So we're just catching up to where we should be and the world is kind of on hold. So I, I feel very 
happy, happy about that and said, okay, well, once we're out of this and we'll be ready to pr produce, uh, you know, thank God or thank whoever um, that cannabis is deemed essential. It's deemed essential medically, recreationally, all stores are still open in Canada, you know, so. It, Everything you would see today. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, people ask me, how are you getting through this, this pandemic? Uh, breath work, cannabis, and <laughs> wine. <laughs> It's certainly, yeah, it's, 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 wow. It's amazing how much the world can change in uh, yeah. two years. I mean, two years. I mean, this all, this has been, I don't even think it's been right. two years since it's been legal. So. Yeah. Just on that note, I mean, in terms of regulations, Taylor, where they, where they started off two years ago versus where they are now. Um, what kind of, what kind of hurdles did you have to overcome <laughs> regulatory wise, I guess, as a. Oh God. Open up shop. Well, uh, we're still in the mix of it. Uh, we're at the final, you know, stage, but with, with Health Canada, there's a very rigorous, you know, step-by-step -step process. Um, uh, we're approved in principle, so we're just uh, gearing up to, set it, uh, to send in our video evidence package. Essentially, everything's approved, so we just need to prove to them, hey, we did exactly what we said we were going to do, and here's, here's the proof. And then, uh, then that will be it. That will be, uh, will be good to start growing. Then after that, once we're, you know, licensed to cultivate, sorry, um, we have to grow to um, two batches, and and then prove that our batches, um, you know, pass the Health Canada's tests, the third party testing, and then we'll be able to put our product in the store. Uh, on the on the provincial side for the recreational, um, you know, essentially we have to be a um, we have to be a licensed producer, so we have to have our license or our um, our partner, which uh, they are already licensed producers. So I'll be funneling our partner's product through the Newfoundland supply chain in the coming months once we're all uh, buttoned up with Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, but yeah, we're super excited to be a supplier and, and a part of uh, Newfoundland's uh, supply chain. And what do you, what do you think is going to happen with, uh, you know, so edibles recently became legal to the marketplace. Uh, and so with edibles came uh, drinks. I know that the, the, the whole market for that is, uh, is, is sort of happening. How do you feel about edibles? How do you feel about, uh, I mean, I got a couple questions, really. How do you feel about the consumption of edibles and liquid drinks versus, I guess I would say, more so traditional uses of cannabis? And, and where do you think that part of the market is going? Um, well, I guess in short, I think edibles are great. I think, uh, you know, the fact that it's in a, in a beverage is awesome. I think that um, since December, when Cannabis 2.0 came out, you know, I mean, you're going into winter, then COVID happens. So I don't think that edibles really had its chance to show where it's going to go. But ultimately, I think the majority of the um, products will be secondary process products. And the reason being, well, and I, I'm not condoning or, or, or saying, sorry, I'm not saying anything bad against um, consuming as an inhale or combusting. But I mean, 
eating anything or drinking anything is healthier than ingesting it into your lungs. So there's that. Now, what I will say about edibles that I'm concerned about is the fact that there's little education on it and that the people who, but you know, cannabis in general is a, a new consumer product. So I mean, education has to go along with that. But I guess I'm concerned about people, you know, over um, consuming and having a bad experience because that is very common. I mean, I, I, I've done that. You know, we've all done that in university. We all think that, you know, in order to smoke a joint, you have to finish it. That's not the case, but it's, you know, it's, it's a burning thing. So people just assume you, you can't butt it out. Um, yeah. So it's the same thing with edibles, you know, edibles also it's it's uh digested in your liver uh so it takes up to could be two to three one to three hours for it to actually hit your system so between that time you get bored or you get impatient you may consume another one and then bam you've taken too much and it's not a good time <laughs> you're on a journey <laughs> you're in mars yeah <laughs> Um, total random question. What's your favorite kind of edible to have, Taylor? Personally, I just make my own. I, um, I make, you know, brownies or cookies or whatnot, just because I know my limit or I know what I'm putting into it. Um, and, and to that point, what do you think of the, the dosage? I, you know, I know that I think we've got regulated 10 milligrams. And I mean, right. you, you can go to Amsterdam and you can get, uh, you can get hundred yeah. milligram muffins. And I think that's to your point of, of that's just silly though. hundred milligrams. People don't know what milligrams are. I mean, yeah. I, I look at this from a consumer of not having a whole lot of knowledge about, uh, cannabis in general. And, you know, for someone to just say, like, put that in context, oh, five milligrams or 10 milligrams, how do you even know your dosage if, or if, if your limits? if you don't consume so it's it's like a beer with five percent okay you only know experience of what a five percent beer does to you if you've drank it a lot so this is new so yeah i think it's great that canada put it at 10 milligrams i think that there's problems with that because of you know packaging and whatnot and they can only have 10 milligrams in one package so you know i i, I see the frustration but ultimately this is about the safety of consumers so I think a hundred milligrams is out to launch. Yeah. And the, I guess the other thing about, you know, either drinking or consuming is the fact that it takes longer for it to sort of kick in. So I, I think, you know, what I hear a lot of the time from people when they, when they have the brownies or whatever it is that they have is they'll eat it, they'll wait an hour, hour and a half and be like, geez, I'm not feeling right. anything. They'll eat another one or two more. And then you've got, then you've got yourself on a right. journey because then it kicks in and then it's, you know, and, right. and I think that's one of the bigger issues on the, so until until side. technology, sorry to interrupt, until technologies come up with a better way for um, cannabis to reach your system quicker, the same way it would, you know, if you drink a beer or if you inhale um, inhale cannabis, you know, it's it's always going to present that that problem. Uh, I will say with the, I really like the beverage idea because, you know. When you speak of, you know, social interaction, everyone, you know, you go out, you have a few drinks with your friends. You don't go out to get drunk. You go out to actually enjoy a drink. So what do you do in an awkward situation? You take a drink or something, even if, even if it's not alcohol, it could be water, it could be whatever. 
So it, it puts the social aspect into cannabis rather than going in a back alley and smoking a joint, you know? So it's, it, I really enjoy that fact where you don't have to be hiding it or you can actually um, have a social interaction with, you know, friends and family and, or, or play a board game and, and, you know, sip on your cannabis drink. I think that's great. With the hangover the next day. Yeah. Well, that's even better. Yeah. And, but what, I mean, to that point, is there anything that's happening in the technology that you know about in sort of the drinkables or whatnot? Because having a cannabis drink is one thing, but like, you know how you, you can sort of have one or two or three beers and certainly the buzz or what you, the effect that you get from it, I guess you, you could say is, is different from if you had six or eight beers. So is, right. that, is it sort of similar in the cannabis industry or is that something that they're still working on in terms of? Uh, well, obviously it's, it's like anything and it's exactly to your point. If you have three beer, you're going to feel it more than you if you have one beer. Yeah. So it's more or less understanding and knowing your personal dose, which I think it's going to come with time with a new industry. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's definitely, you know, your OGs out there who, who know their limits, but majority of people don't so it's it's gonna take some time it's probably gonna take some you know it's it's like you know going to university for the first time you you, you definitely pass your limit drinking and you're like oh crap i'm not gonna do that so i feel yeah. like this is gonna start like a university trend or or whatnot with you know 30 year olds yeah probably a lot of retirees too <laughs> right but it's, it's just going to take time. It's, it's going to take time for you to understand, you know, what cannabis does to your body and to feel comfortable even with that feeling or that sensation. You know, I, I often say to people, and it was my blocker, you know, it's like, oh, that paranoia, you never ever want to feel that paranoia. But the paranoia mostly comes from, or from my experience, comes from the foreign feeling of being high. And it's like, oh, does everyone feel this way? But if you just release the actual, um, uh, how do I say it, release the, the fear of that feeling, then you, you can enjoy the high and then you don't get the paranoia. So yeah. I think once people get comfortable with the actual feeling of being high, they'll be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's just one of those things. It's a different feeling. And cannabis is certainly, uh, you know, in terms of creativity, I mean, it's just... The, I, I wonder what's going to happen to Canada just as a marketplace in terms of like and what it'll do to our culture since it's become legal because cannabis is known for being such a creative uh, mm -hmm. uh, drug, I guess, as I to, to describe it, I guess. Uh, so, it, you know, the, the effects of that, I think we're, we're going to see. And, uh, and I think that that is part of it is that when, when, when those feelings start to creep in a little bit, you just got to go, go with the flow, you know, gotta go with the flow. yeah. So basically what you're saying, Aaron, is uh, after COVID, there's going to be a lot of creativity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, listen, like, didn't Isaac Newton, uh, didn't he uh, uh, make calculus or something when he went in? Because <laughs> uh, he went into isolation when they had a plague back when he was around. And so you hear all these stories about people that go in isolation and then yeah. what brilliant ideas. Yeah, exactly. I, I can only imagine what's going to happen, you know, especially yeah. now that cannabis is legal. I mean, you know, the there's definitely going to be some cool science fiction movies or something coming out. <laughs> I hope so. Um, Taylor, question on, I guess, the education side. What kind, what kind of a role do you think suppliers and retailers should play versus the government as the regulator in terms of educating people on cannabis, usage, usage side effects, that kind of stuff? 
Well, I guess it's, it's what I think or what I should do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to leave it up to the government to, and maybe I should rephrase that. The government has their role in educating the safety of people. I believe that it's my social responsibility as, uh, you know, as a parent, as a retailer, as a licensed pr producer to literally teach cannabis one-on-one -on -one to everyone. And when I say cannabis one-on-one, it could be properly how to inhale, how to roll a proper joint, how to store your stuff safely, how to know your limits, what to do if you maybe go over your limit, you know, how to not panic, you know, those simple things that a lot of people don't think of or are embarrassed to talk about. But I think that that is something, well, that is something that Oceanic will definitely do. And, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to get a few giggles out of it, but it's fine. You know, they'll appreciate it. Good on you. Yeah. yeah they, 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 they stress, uh, in Amsterdam, they stress, uh, you know, and, and that's something I want to talk about here is that, like, essentially here in Newfoundland, it's legal, but it's sort of like, it's not legal to do in public almost. Like, you can't go to any, you can't go to any, like, at a, for alcohol, which, you know, I, to be honest with you, I think alcohol is far more uh, effects than what cannabis does. Uh, but, you know, you can go to a bar uh, with, with the, you know, you can go to a club yeah. and you can have a drink. There's nowhere to do that right now. Oh, it's, it's mostly just you do some it. some water. Oh, so have a snack. Oh, yeah, sure. You, you, you go, myself and Shane can keep busy. Okay, but, okay. But, but the, and so Taylor come back and that's, but essentially, you know, you can go to a bar and you can get, uh, you can get a drink of uh, a beer or a vodka, but there's nowhere to go to get, you know, cannabis. There's nowhere to consume it. So, that, you know, that's that's something that's going to be interesting to me is how that plays out. And, yeah, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be tough because I'm just... Uh, oh, no! <laughs> I think we're getting to the end of our limit here, so we'll go through this. No, and, no, we're good. We got snacks. We're good. Okay, we're good. Snack, good, snack yeah. number 86 of today. It's only not even 1 o'clock. We're good. Um, <laughs> Anyways, I think that, you know, the easy way to consume cannabis is through inhalation. And uh, unfortunately, Newplant has, well, temporary banned vaping, which I think I want to talk about vaping a little more because I think vaping is my, my number one way to consume for so many reasons. But it would be a good way to do it socially in types of bars and whatnot. Um, but I guess where Newfoundland and Canada has banned smoking, cigarette smokes, we'll, we'll say, everywhere, it's going to be very difficult to, you know, have a social atmosphere like that. It is. And they almost need to have separate rules for it. And, and I'm, I'm hopeful that this, this will come along. I, you know, I, ultimately, I do agree with what we did with banning cigarette smoking because cigarettes are so addictive um, and they're really bad for you. And so, uh, listen, I'm sure that cannabis, there are effects with smoking as well. The studies that I've seen, it's not as much. Uh, it doesn't seem, in fact, I've seen a lot of studies that say it's, it's, it's actually has an opposite effect. It's actually, could fight cancer, for example, whereas you talk about yeah. uh, cigarettes that, you know, they cause cancer. There's, there's a lot of studies that say cannabis, cannabis does the opposite. But what I think is important about, you know, when you go into Amsterdam and you can go into those coffee shops that they have, you know, they have snacks, they have those sorts of things that you can get. Same thing in Toronto. You go into Toronto, you know, you can, you can vape, you can do those sorts of things. They have snacks, they have orange juice, they have sugar, because that is, right. you know, that is a good sort of, it, it does seem you get too high, 
you have a chocolate bar, you have a, a glass of orange, or, juice, orange juice, it sort of levels yeah. you back out again. It's just your blood sugar gets a little low. So those are the type of the education things that you, you know you don't yep. necessarily learn, especially if if the if the culture of it now is just to sort of buy it and consume at home or consume at a party and those sorts of things. Like you know, there, there's an element to being being in a facility where you can properly get instructed so again if you go to a brewery if you go to a brewery they'll teach you about the beer this is how the beer gets made you know they'll, they'll take you through the process they'll yeah. take you through everything and so you know i think that they should allow that for cannabis as well in sort of you know well, educating the oh, public about the industry yeah so oceanic we're, we're planning on once we open our stores to have you know like a cannabis night so invite the public you know uh once they're allowed in the stores um to, to learn exactly just to learn about even the plant um, you know now that you can even uh, grow at home you know how to properly care for your plant uh, how to yeah just how to cannabis 101 and then that's exactly what we plan to do um, I'm sure that you know um, the elderly and we're, we're, we're gonna try to focus on a lot of the elderly people because that's that's who's gonna benefit from a lot of the medical sides of it even if they want to or not want to get their medical license they can still use recreationally and that's the beauty of cannabis is that even though it's recreational you're medically helping your body and healing your body um, so yeah yeah and that's important I think that's so important too and that's and that's the benefit that you get about uh, local companies and, and some of the, the smaller companies and individuals like yourself is that, you know, corporations a lot of the time are, are really focused on profit. Um, and, uh, you know, corporations, because of their, their, their big buying power and their big influence power, a lot of the time they're able to, you know, maybe get more stores or maybe get more, you know, uh, just get an up in the marketplace. But their focus a lot of the time is on you know, how do we keep shareholders happy? How do we, how do right. we create the most profit? Where I know, obviously you you have to run a business. It has to be, a, you have to do something mm -hmm. right by the business, but I know that for you, it's going to be important for you to, to educate the marketplace. Yeah. It's a similar thing between, you know, you go to a craft brewery uh, place versus one of the big brewers, one of the big brewers, you know, they're about maximizing the, uh, you know that that uh, that balance sheet that that you know their their profitability instead of you know the brew the craft breweries they really want to take you through the process they you know it's 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 an art and uh, you know I, I hope that we that we allow that in the marketplace for cannabis as well similar to how we've done it in the in the beer and alcohol industry yeah I've I've spoken to a few like communities and their town councils and whatnot uh, and you know we plan to or they've asked me to come and speak to the community, like have a town hall on cannabis. And that's something that we plan to do as well, because, you know, a lot of what the government's doing a good job and this, not that I want to say it came on fast and furious, but I think that they, the realization of when they had to educate came on fast and furious. So a lot of the education is more or less fear that's put out into the public. So, you know, what I want to do is, is provide, you know, knowledge, so you're not fear fearful, and, uh, you know, knowledge is power, so if you know it, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that a lot of parents say was like, well, what about the children? It's like, well, how do you teach your children about alcohol? It's a, it's an adult thing, um, so teach your child that this is a recreational item, but it's adults only, and yeah. they'll respect it just the same way that, you know, they do alcohol, yeah. And that's your job as a parent to do that, to teach them, to educate them. I've, I've known about alcohol since I've been a 
baby people you know like everyone knows about alcohol because it's, it's normal so we just need to normalize cannabis and all be fine well and I, I think to that point you know when it became legal you know i think people thought that society was going to break down and yeah. uh, that hasn't happened i mean it's just no, it's been, no, we're, we're good. life has been normal i mean what what's happened is we've taken money off the black market uh, we've been able to reinvest. You're able to. You're you're able to hire people. You know, you're able to contribute to the economy. There's big tax dollars to get paid for that, which fund things like healthcare and hospitals. And God knows Newfoundland here particularly needs as much uh, revenue as we can get. So you know, it's created right. a whole new industry. And society hasn't fallen apart. Everything in Canada is fine. <laughs> and and to add to that it's regulated you yeah. know the, the yeah. products that you buy yeah. you know exactly where they come from and it's health canada stamped it's approved yeah you know you don't it's have to not, worry about it being laced with anything or no. yeah or yeah anything you know yeah. even if it's not laced with anything it could be sat there for months and could be so much mold on it it's you yeah. know that's why it's great <laughs> that's right yeah pesticides yeah everything. whatever yeah exactly so i mean um I think anything regulated is going to be the safest way to do um, recreational substances. I find that education piece you guys were just chatting about really interesting in the sense of you kind of hit to that when you're talking about alcohol, it's not fear mongering per se, but it's the negative effects that alcohol can have on you personally, but on your life and other people's lives around you too. Whereas mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. There's a bit of an opportunity for, not just the suppliers, retailers, the sellers, but for the government and regulators to put a bit more of a positive spin on maybe the benefits of cannabis use and how it can be used and why it should be used instead of why it shouldn't be used and where you should work well, yeah. when you can and should be using it. Right. And I don't know if positive spin is the right word, but it's, it's because, I mean, the, the, government's not going to put a positive spin on, on alcohol, but they definitely put a pressure on parents and society to educate your children to make sure that it's, it's, um, people know that it's an adult thing, you know, 19 plus. And it, it, it seems to me that also, it seems, you know, that, that cannabis has been, the, the government to me seems like they're aligning it more with tobacco than maybe they should be. Uh, like, I, I feel like cannabis is closer on the alcohol side than it is on the tobacco side, you know? Like, and, and to speak to that, I hate to, to even compare cannabis to tobacco or alcohol, but when I do it just so people can grasp an idea because they understand alcohol and they understand uh, cigarettes. Uh, but in no way, shape, or form is cannabis alcohol. Cannabis has never, not in the history of the world, killed anybody. So, you know, there's that. Um, you know, cigarettes, um, you know, I just, I think they're gross. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry. You okay? Anyways, yeah, so, um, I know that it's it's definitely compared to alcohol a lot, um, but it's healthier, it's healing, and it's also not going to make you a, a maniac or, um, you know, sick yeah. like alcohol yeah. does. Al don't get me wrong, I'm not against alcohol because I, I consume it, but I do understand that it's possibly a poison I'm putting in my body. You're not gonna have withdrawals from, uh, no. from smoking, from smoking pot, I guess, you know, you don't have those no. same symptoms that you have. Like it, alcoholics will, 
you know, I, I think they'll die if they don't get alcohol. And uh, right. you're not going to have that from cannabis. Now, listen, people get hooked on anything. People get hooked on cannabis. They get hooked on, you know, they get hooked on booze. They get hooked on tobacco. They get hooked on eating junk food. So people will get, yes. you know, but, you know, that, again, that comes down to responsibility and education. And, uh, and the great thing is, is we do have a, a whole new marketplace that's open that's creating jobs, tax revenue. That's going to allow the government to have more money to be able to put in education and, and those sorts right. of things that they wouldn't have had before. So for me, for me, it was a great, it was a great move. Uh, I don't always like everything that Trudeau does in 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 what he's in what he's done, but hey, legalizing cannabis, I can totally get behind. <laughs> Taylor, um, the name Oceanic, where's that come from? What's the story behind that? Um, you know, when I was when I was thinking of a name, I I wanted to honor Newfoundland the best way I could, but yet. Um, also have something that the world can recognize. I mean, ocean, everyone can recognize the ocean. Um, and also the meaning behind it to me, um, you know, when I started Oceanic, I wanted to help and heal as many people as possible. Mommy, so to me, the ocean is, mommy, is a healing place. Mommy, why are you not talking to me? Hey, mommy, mommy, can, can, um, why are we not going to um, nannies, nannies? We're gonna go to nannies in just a few minutes okay okay yeah so uh <laughs> God love him. well yeah we'll finish up in the next five minutes so we'll so okay. he's been good great <laughs> he's, been, he's yeah. been great yeah so i guess oceanic to me it, it's just it, it's known all over the world no matter what if you think of the ocean it, it is a healing place for for me uh it brings calmness you know even if for meditation you can you can put it on you can listen to the ocean put you into a meditative state it um it's fresh it's just it's just something that everyone can relate to in a calm and healing way and i guess i've got a question that that reminds me of where where what's your dream for oceanic i know you like you're you're a good dreamer you're creative i'm a i'm a dreamer yeah and, and those dreams dream? oh my god um don't hold back <laughs> Oh, let's hear it. Um, first and foremost, revitalize this community. I think that's always been just such a passion of mine. Um, and then help as many people on their cannabis journey, whether that was, you know, medically, recreationally, whatever, and get in touch with, with how they can incorporate cannabis into their life in a healthy and positive way. Um, but ultimately I want to have Oceanic stores all around the world. I want Oceanic to be an international brand that people, you know, grab to. They're like, oh, I want that because it's, it's something that I know and I trust and it's beautiful and it's, it's, it's from Newfoundland. It's from this like rare place in the world. So yeah, that's, that's my dream. <laughs> that's a good dream. Yeah. I think it's a good spot to clue it up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thanks guys. Thanks so much. So, and everyone, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Okay. He's done. Thanks a lot. We'll we'll see you again soon. Okay. Bye.